Welcome to the Sunday Sermons Podcast. It was recorded on a Sunday morning at Morrison Hill Christian Church in Kingston, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the truths and strategies presented in this message will equip you to become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. Jesus, thank you for being that, for being the thing that is better than everything and for inviting us to be a part of you, for setting us free from anything this world might tack onto us, might throw on our backs. God, thank you for freeing us of that by making beautiful things out of our brokenness. God, please be with us all now as your word is brought. Give us ears to listen and change our hearts. I pray that in your holy name. Amen. Most of you have been here for a little bit already and heard this several times, but I can't help myself. Good morning and welcome to Morrison Hill Christian Church. Thank you for joining us, whether you're joining us online or in person. We are just so thankful for the opportunity to worship with you, to pray with you, to give with you, to take communion with you, to walk through God's word with the anticipation that his Holy Spirit will actually change us with you. We're thankful for that opportunity to do that with you this morning. Real quick review for anybody who's here for the first time or has missed several weeks, we're in the middle of a a series about uh, God's body and how to be the body better than ever. Here's some really quick recap of where we've been so far. Okay, hold on. Those of you already been here, this will sound familiar, but I, I need us to know this before we can move on with where we're really going today. First off, the Holy Spirit always gives his people spiritual gifts. He is 100% in charge of who gets what gift. He is in charge of what he wants done with them. Our job is to figure out which gifts he's given us and to use them and to practice them and to encourage and build each other up so that we all get better at it. But his dream is not just that we have all kinds of potential. His dream is that we actually work together as one body and use those gifts to accomplish God's purposes on this earth. And a lot of those are in the moment. A lot of those are things that we have to stay in contact with him. A lot of those gifts are specifically so that we can stay in touch with him in special ways. But there are some things that are just, they're always part of his will for his body. And some of those are very tangible needs that he always wants us to meet in the world. So we've been focusing especially on those. These include feeding the hungry, giving clothing and shelter to those who need it, things like that. Last week we spent quite a bit of time talking about how to offer empathy and comfort and healing for the sick. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Are we good? Okay, most of you at least. Praise God. Here we go. This morning, let's imagine that as one body, we're going on another hike together. And here's what's going to happen. Just like last week, we're going to dip our toes a couple times into some really deep waters. And I invite you to come and talk to me personally anytime that you've got questions about these or just want to visit about them because I love going deep. But we we can't avoid these things as we go through because it's part of what we're talking about today. But where we're heading, where this journey is heading is a very practical, easily understood thing, and that is visit prisoners. That's where we're heading this morning. 
All right, here we go. First thing, take a couple steps down this path and we're gonna have to dip our toes into some uh, deep stuff again, okay? And here, here's, here's the first thing. We talked about this a little bit last week, but it applies to what we're doing today as well. God does every single thing he does from an eternal perspective. It's different than our perspective. And, and most of the reasons that we end up disagreeing and even fighting with other Christians about why God does this or this or that is because we're trying to crunch him into a box he will never fit in. He just doesn't. He, thinks, he sees things differently than us. And one of the big mistakes that, that we do in America especially is we have this idea that if you're a good parent, that your goal for your kids is they will be happy. That's it. Doesn't really matter if they're moral or whatever. As American culture, what we really want is we want them to be happy. Have you ever heard this before? Okay. And so then we project that on God. We, we imagine that God, being a good father, being a good God, that he must, what his biggest desire for us is that we be comfortable, that we be happy, that we be healthy. Of course, that's what he wants more than anything else, because he's a good father. And that's what good fathers do. And he does want us to be comfortable and happy in many sense. But guess what? God doesn't fit in our boxes. So again, we're just dipping our toes into some really deep water there. But I hope that you can jump in. Here's how this applies to the idea of prison. One of the fundamental things we're going to walk through today is that God wants to set us free. He longs to set us free. One of the jobs of the Messiah was to set prisoners free. This is something that's close to his heart. And yet... In the Old Testament, Joseph, one of the most godly men or women that we know about, spent several years as a slave and three years in a prison for a crime he didn't commit. If God's big will, his most deepest passion is that we don't go to prison, something's wrong. Are you with me? He's got an eternal perspective that's bigger than our happiness, our comfort in the moment. We see the same thing um, again in the context of prison. When John the Baptist went to prison, Jesus said that among all those who've ever been born of women, in other words, all human beings that have ever existed, there's nobody better than John the Baptist. When John the Baptist went to prison, Jesus didn't bust him out. That's when he started his ministry. Left him in prison. Again, I don't think that was his perfect will for John's life or anything like that. Of course, he wants to set us free in a lot of ways. We're going to get there. But it's a mistake to think so shallowly that we could actually get God to fit into a box. And when we think shallowly, that's when most of our biggest questions and fears and doubts wrestle in our hearts and make it so that we can't really fully trust God. Is this making sense? I know this is a really deep idea, but raise your hand if you're, is this getting, are you getting this? Praise God. We're going to move on. So having said that, having said that, here's what I need you to say out loud with me this morning. Jesus wants to set us all free. And I believe that that includes most of the time setting prisoners free. There's probably a process that needs to happen to make that happen. It's not just unlock the doors and let them out. Okay. But he wants to set us free in a lot of other ways as well. In fact, in the Old Testament, when they were a lot of the um, prophecies about the Messiah, this was part of it, that he would set prisoners free. In Luke chapter four, when Jesus stood up in a synagogue and they asked him to read anything he wanted to, he took the scroll of Isaiah, he opened it up to one of those messianic passages and he read, 
that passage. And it included, I've come to set prisoners free. And he said, this has been fulfilled today in your presence. Another thing that Isaiah talked about was not only about the Messiah, but also about God's people. And he used, God's people used a lot of metaphors like the Bible does all the way through. There's a reason those symbols are there and so rich and so beautiful. But one of them was he talked about God's people collectively as God's servant sometimes. As a single unit called God's servants. Kind of a precursor of the idea that we would be the body of Christ in the New Testament. But when he spoke of my servant, my servant Israel, a lot of times one of the things that he would say that they needed to be doing was setting prisoners free. And most of the other things that he was talking about were the exact same list of things that Jesus talked about in Matthew 25. Feeding the hungry and clothing those who need clothes and offering shelter and drinks and visiting the sick. Those things have been close to the heart of God for a long time. Now that doesn't mean, the idea that God has an eternal perspective does not mean we can't trust him to meet us in the moment. It's the opposite. Psalm 147 is a a song that celebrates that God is eternal. And it specifically tells us in the middle of that song, don't put your trust in human beings. Don't waste your time because their plans and their ability to protect you end the day they die. Put your trust in the eternal God. Put your trust in the one who knows how everything fits together. He was there before it started. He's going to be there when it's done. Put your trust in God. And in the middle of this beautiful psalm, which I hope you go back and read the whole thing later on today, he says this, he remains faithful forever. He's talking about God. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. Sound familiar? The Lord sets prisoners free. It's part of his heart. But again, he's got this eternal perspective. And if we, if we limit this and we go, then why are there still prisoners? Why does he want us to go visit those in prison? Why doesn't he just set them all free if that's what he wants? We're missing his heart. Let's not do that this morning. Here's another thing that trips people up. They say, hey, if God is so powerful and so wise and so perfect and he can do anything he wants then why, why do his plans get messed up? Again, we're, we're barely tripping through some really deep waters here. Come and talk to me later. I cannot answer all the questions ever, and I can't even answer most of them in this little bit of time trying to get to the destination of let's visit prisoners together as one body. Okay, But let me tell you this. Part of the answer to that is that God always wants us to be part of the process. It's super important to him. One of his non-negotiables is that his people will have choices. In fact, that's one of the things he hates about sin. Because sin always promises freedom, but delivers us being imprisoned. It takes away our choices. We think that we're getting more options than God has given us, and it ends up taking those options Away. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Again, we see it's God who's in control here, but he's always trying to bring us into it. He always wants us to be the body of Christ, the servant of God. He always wants to partner with us. He wants to have us choose to be part of his 
will on earth. And that is why he's willing to sometimes let a bunch of stuff that he doesn't like happen because he knows that he is not going to negotiate. He's going to use people. That is part of his core vision for the world. So here's where our job starts. We must visit prisoners. Let's say that out loud together. We must visit prisoners. Now, we're going to end up today in just a second with this being incredibly literal. And I believe it is literal. I I think that whenever, as Christians, that we try to over-spiritualize or kind of analyze things, sometimes that's a mistake. I think we're going to do it today because it's also a good thing to do. But sometimes we do that so much that we miss the absolute thing. For example, if we say, hey, when God wants us to feed the hungry, I I think that means also that we should spiritually feed people. Right? Totally agree with that. 100%. Preached on it just a couple weeks ago. And I'm trying to spiritually feed you this morning. And I think it's what God called me to do. I think this is the right thing to do. But if I get so distracted by that, that I don't actually give away food... To hungry people, I'm missing something really big. Are you with me? So please let's not miss what the really big stuff is. Notice this is an action verb. He doesn't say, think differently about prisoners. He doesn't say, feel guilty for not helping prisoners. He doesn't say, pray for prisoners. Help me raise awareness for the plight of prisoners. He says, visit them in their distress. And come to think of it, think differently about prisoners is probably a good idea to get us there. So is feel guilty about not doing anything so far. Guilty enough that we might actually start doing something today and in the next week and so. Uh, How about praying for them, raising awareness of what actually goes on in prison and all the different kind of prisons people can get themselves caught up into, whether they're literally prison or not. Absolutely, that's important. But he wants us to visit them. And here's what I believe that means. If you can hold on to this, the whole rest of this walk, this hike together this morning, it's going to make so much sense, I think. I think it means to show up, literally and metaphorically. It means to go there, literally, metaphorically. If someone's in a physical prison, you actually go to the prison and you visit them. If they're in a spiritual or emotional or relational prison, you show up. You physically show up in their lives. You are there for them. This is not something you just think about differently on your own. Are we good so far? Kind of passionate about all this this morning. I don't want to scare anybody. We're trying to take this walk together. I'm not yelling at you, but this is really important. All right, let's start by talking about spiritual prisons. Again, all of these matter a lot. This one might matter the most. I just don't want to get so distracted by it that we miss literal prisons as well. But spiritual prison is basically sin. Spiritual prison is where we sacrifice the choices God gives us, the freedom he wants us to have, and we choose something he forbids, we rationalize it, we justify it, we do it, and then we end up in a trap he never meant us to be in. And make no mistake, they're traps. I believe that that's one of the reasons why Jesus said that murder is basically the same thing as anger. Holding on to your anger, holding on to unforgiveness, Maybe the other person is still physically alive, 
but you remain just as trapped. You remain just as imprisoned from the guilt of killing someone as you do the guilt of constantly holding something against them. Constantly defining that person in your mind and in your heart by your anger and your, your impatience that when is God going to punish them because they so deserve it. You're just as trapped by anger as you are by if you would have just gone ahead and killed them. It, it, it changes what happened to them, but it doesn't change what happened to you. The same thing with adultery and lust. Remember what Jesus said about that. Maybe you didn't actually physically commit adultery with that person, but the stuff that happens in your heart and your head and your soul and your habits and your other relationships, it, it gets just as damaged as if you would have actually physically committed adultery. Sin is a spiritual prison. And it's we're in danger of getting into it even as Christians. We have so much freedom, so much power from the Holy Spirit, so much protection from God, but we're still vulnerable. Remember, one of God's core values is set people free. And another one is he always wants his people to be part of the process. That's why Jude wrote this. By the way, I haven't said this out loud yet, but um, all of the scriptures today just happen to be out of the New International Version. And I encourage you, as always, to go back and read all of them in full in whatever version you prefer. I just happen to be using the NIV today. But Jude, verses 20 through 23, says this. But you, dear friends, and he's talking to fellow believers. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Again, remember, he's talking to fellow believers. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Here's what he's saying. Your brothers and sisters are vulnerable to falling into some spiritual prisons. Visit them. Go there. Be physically and spiritually present when you see them starting to slip and pull them out of there. God wants to set them free and he wants you to be part of that process. Then there are emotional prisons. And these aren't purely emotion. I'm just saying these are just your feelings. But I guarantee you every single person in this room and anybody who's hearing this wherever you're hearing this, I guarantee you that you have been in a spot that maybe nobody else could see the chains that were holding you, but you were being held by chains. Am I right? You, were, you felt just as trapped. Maybe nobody could see the depression you were facing. Maybe they couldn't see how hard you were struggling with your addiction or with how you saw yourself as a person or what you were attracted to, what you were afraid of. Maybe you were stuck in a relationship that was abusive and nobody could get, why, well, why don't you just, just do better? But you get it, right? In that moment, whether it just looked like feelings to everybody else or not, it's a real prison. It's a real thing. And once again, here's another, sorry, we're walking by another big, deep pool we're going to dip our toes in. Are you ready? This is another one of those deep, uh, both and situations that we end up fighting because we try to make it an either or. 
I'm going to pretend that this side of the room, nothing against anybody or for anybody. I'm just going to pretend just for the, just for the illustration. Are you with me? This side of the room finds out that somebody is depressed. And all of them kind of unanimously go, oh, it's just in your head. You just got to choose to be happy. Happiness is a choice. And God gives us way more power than we think we do to just choose how we handle things. And we've all, we're all Christians. We've got the Holy Spirit in us. You just got to get over it. And the rest, all of you guys, you go, ho, ho, hold on. I read somewhere that um, depression, actually some people have some chemical imbalances, some hormonal imbalances. It's, it's more like a disease. It's, it's not just a spiritual thing. It's not something you can just wish or choose away. This is a really big deal. Anybody ever hear any of those things before? Okay. Now, if you guys start fighting these guys, and you guys go start your own church, and you start your own church because you can't agree on how to help depression. Guess what? You're making an either-or situation out of a both-and truth, and that's the mistake. All of that stuff is true. Do you understand what I'm telling you? All of that stuff is true. And the cure is not for us to yell and fight until we try to make the other people agree, which they probably never will totally agree. Everybody is passionate on both sides because you know that what you're saying is true. And you know that what the other people are ignoring is important. That's why we fight about anything we fight about, right? But most of them, most of the things we get upset about, most of the things we allow to cause division, it's a both and situation. We must never allow us it to degenerate into an either or fight because we are the people of God. You want to know how to help people through depression? Visit them in their prison. Go there. Show up together. Encourage them. Remind them that they do have choices and they do have the Holy Spirit. And a lot of happiness for all of us is just a choice we make. But be open to the fact, hey, you know what? Somebody might have an actual chemical imbalance that's in this mix too. There might be something going on beyond their control that just a little pill could fix. You know what? Show up in their life and help them through it. Does that make sense? Instead of yelling about who's right about how to treat it, just get in their life. Visit them in their prison. And then there's relational prison. And relational prison is where we separate ourselves from others. And don't get me wrong, sometimes that is a good thing. Right now in this season in America, I've actually heard it said that it is the right and even the Christian thing to do, not just the loving thing, the Christian thing to do, to be socially distant and a bunch of others. Not going to wade into those waters this morning, but I know that this is, this is something that is passionate, a lot of people are passionate and fighting about. Here's what I want you to know. Sometimes, scripturally speaking, it is the right and loving and best thing to do to be separate for a season. Some of the spiritual disciplines are about not eating for a while, not being with people for a while, solitude and silence, breaking the habits that keep us going, 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 and just getting away. Jesus did this a lot. He would withdraw and he would be alone for a while, recharge his spiritual body. There's nothing innately wrong with being separate. There's nothing wrong with being wired as an introvert. If that's how God has, has wired you. But there is something wrong that sometimes we get so used to it. 
We get so committed to the reasons that we are separate or we withdraw from a relationship with someone else. We withdraw from the systems that keep us fed and keep us healthy. We withdraw a little too long, whether they're good reasons or not. And, and then we start a whole new habit and where we end up is completely divided. If you were here several weeks ago, we started this journey remembering that three of the devil's favorite flaming arrows to send at us all the time in every season, not just 2020, every single year there's ever been. His favorite three things are trying to discourage us, trying to disconnect us, and trying to divide us. We can't allow ourselves to be divided. We can be separate sometimes. We can intentionally pull away for a season. We, we can separate. Sometimes the best things that ever happen in a marriage is to temporarily separate. But those things are not God's ultimate will for us. He created us to work together, to be one body, to do whatever it takes to actually break free of our relational prisons and actually live in a kind of unity and love that the rest of the world can only dream about if they can imagine it at all. Is this making sense? Praise God. Well, we're about to turn a corner and start wrapping up here, and we're going to talk about literal prisons. But one more thing. Somebody asked me a really good question this week. They said in Matthew 25, verse 40, it says, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So does that mean that it's just Christians who are in prison? Because most of the time in the scriptures, when Jesus calls, talks about his brothers or his brothers and sisters or his family, the family of God, he's talking about Christians. So is this the least of these brothers of mine? Is that what he's talking about? That was a really good question. And they were right. I had to go back to the Greek and start looking this up and make sure I knew this. But here, here's what I found out. It's a both-and thing. It's, the same. it's not either or. It's the same thing. Uh, it's the same kind of concept as Galatians 6, verse 10, when Paul says, Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Jesus identifies himself with the least of these in the sense of the people that others consider to be outcasts. This is not just in this one verse. This is all the way through, like we walked, that through, walked through that a couple weeks ago. He treated everybody who was, in, who was treated as less than with intentional respect. He treated them in wonderful ways, consistently. Jesus always identifies and he sees them as his family. But he also especially considers believers and fo his followers, his body to be his family. So it's, it's not either or, it's, it's both. Well, let's talk about prison. Here's what we need to do. We must work to set prisoners free. Would you say that out loud with me? We must work to set prisoners free. There are some believers in prison. Hebrews 13.3 says, Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. <clears throat> those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. It's really hard to apply love your neighbor as yourself when you can't see your quote-unquote neighbor. 
It's really hard to try to figure that out, period, but it's also really especially hard when you can't even see this person. It's a little easier to tune somebody out when you know you have no chance of seeing them for a little while. The people who are in prison, whether it's literal or any of these other metaphorical prisons, they need us to visit them. They need us to show up. They need us to be there for them. One of the ways that I think we need to pray, especially, is around the world today, there are constantly being people that are, that are persecuted for their faith. There are Christians in country after country around the world today that are in prison. They're not gathering with anyone and they're not social distancing on purpose. They are literally in prison for their faith. C.Y. Kim came and spoke here not too long ago, several years actually, but it wasn't forever long ago. And he talked about how he was in prison for about two years. Absolutely horrific experience. But he came out the other end and God used it for good. And he, he was physically messed up the rest of his life because of that. But his ministry goes on. We can't forget about people like that. We've got to keep praying for them and trying to support them as best as possible. Today, in your insert, once again, there is a whole list of ways that our church constantly reaches out to people in prisons or in metaphorical prisons or some combination of those. And I would love for you to, this week to go back through that. In a second, I'm going to give you a special challenge. It's something we're about to start doing again. But right now, one more time, I want you to think about this body of Christ thing. Because I'm going to give you some specific jobs based on these categories that we put the, the, the gifts into. And once again, these are, these are our categories. And this is not, the Holy Spirit is not bound by these. It's just to help us make sense of them. What we're calling the senses are the gifts of prophecy, wisdom, mercy, discernment, special knowledge, and prayer languages, and all the other things that help us prayer, pray with, to God. In other words, the senses, we're calling those, if your gift helps you really hear from God, it helps you stay connected to other people, it helps you know what's really going on in the world, it helps you communicate well. We're calling that the senses. Who are my senses this morning? Raise your hand. I know the Holy Spirit has gifted people. I know that there's more than that, but good job. Okay. And then we've got the core. The core are the gifts of leading and teaching and giving and encouraging and any other gift that keeps stuff going, that, that keeps everybody else moving, that keeps the whole body moving in the right direction. Who, who are those gifts? Who, who's, who, who among you? Okay, so in a second when we talk about the core, those are the specific people I'm talking to. And then there are, I hope we're all on this category. Again, the Holy Spirit, can he's not bound by our categories. He's not, he doesn't fit in our boxes, not even trying to do that. But the last one is faith, healing, miracles, helping, evangelizing, and all the gifts that actually get stuff done. And a lot of people, they, 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 they just, you can just say, hey, God says to do this, and they're like, well, let's do it. Let's get it done. And that's all they need. Who, who are my limbs out there? The people just, they just want to get stuff done. Praise God. We need everybody on that, but especially you guys. So here's the challenge. All the senses people. And again, don't be bound by these, but I, I, especially I'm challenging you to, I want to make this as practical as possible. If you have gifts that are like the senses category, I want you to embrace a prisoner. You want to know which prisoner? You guys have the gifts where God's going to talk directly to you. You let him tell you. Don't let me tell you. 
okay? Maybe that's a physical prisoner. Maybe you know somebody who's in prison. Maybe there's a missionary or someone else that you know who's actually in prison overseas. Maybe God's going to put your, on your heart to go and talk to a stranger, to show up at the local jail or somewhere and literally maybe physically embrace them. But I'm asking you to ask God, who do you want me to contact? Because your gifts are, have to do with communication. Your gifts have to do with hearing God's will on this and actually communicating and connecting with other people and praying intensely for people. I want you to embrace a prisoner. Got it? Second big group, the core. I want you to encourage a freedom fighter. Now that, word can be, that term can be used a lot of different ways. I want you to know how I'm using it. By freedom fighter, I mean someone who's always fighting for other people's freedom. That's probably parents in this room. Fighting for your own kids' freedom in, in life. Uh, it's probably, it's teachers. It's church leaders. It's people who are in law enforcement. The people who actually literally take care of prisoners in actual prisons. It's people in the health ministries. Are, are you with me on this? It's people who are constantly helping others become free. Guess what? That's hard work. And you guys have the gift of keeping people going, of giving, of encouraging. And I would love for you to, especially this week, focus on somebody who is always reaching out to prisoners, who's always helping people break free of spiritual and relational and, and sinful and emotional and literal prisons. Reach out to some of those people who do that. Use your gifts of encouragement and support and leadership and guiding, guidance and support them this week. And finally, the limbs. And again, this could, all of these could be any of us, but especially if you just want to go do something, that this list is especially for you. And here's another challenge. Years ago, Morrison Hill had a vibrant prison ministry. We would go and play, play softball with them. We'd go do a whole bunch of different things, and it was awesome. Long story short, we haven't done that for a while. This week, we're starting it up again. If you want to know more, come and talk to me. Okay? I'd love to have some help. I'd love to have some guidance. I'd love to have some wisdom. I can't do this on my own. I need some help. If you want to get started, come and talk to me. You ready? All right. But no matter what you're saying to God, what you hear him saying to you, I, I want to just really quickly recap where we've been today. We're at the end of this little road we've been walking together. We're at the end of our hike. And I want it to be just as practical as this. If we could have that black... Slide there, yeah. Lord, I will visit this person this week. Would you write that down? Or send yourself a text? Do something, but would you actually say this is how, and by visit somebody this week, I mean you're going to embrace that prisoner. You're going to uh, encourage a freedom fighter. You're going to create some hope along with us. One way or another, you're going to make this happen. I'd like you to write that down. But one last time, I want you to remember this. It's God's will that we set prisoners free. Not always, not always from physical prisons. He, he, he does everything from an eternal perspective. Justice is important to God. There's so much else going on. He doesn't literally want every person who's in a prison to not be in prison anymore. But I hope you get this morning more than ever before what he does want. He wants us to be spiritually and emotionally and relationally free. And when that happens, a lot of people who are in prison right now could do that. When we start really caring about them, some of us start being aware that some people that are in prison are in there unjustly. And they shouldn't be in there. And some of them need to be 
set free literally from prisons. And, and, and there's so much more when we, when we embrace this model. We say, we're not going to fight over what the solution is. We're not going to try to fight over what other people should do about it. As the body of Christ, we are going to visit those who are in prison. We're going to show up. We're going to go there. And we're going to help them. Hopefully you have a name on the blank of your heart this morning. And no matter what God is putting on your heart about that, this is your chance as always to make it public. I, I would love for you, if, if he's leading you to give your heart to him the first time, to officially join our church, anything else. We have people that are watching. If you come up here for prayer, they will join you and pray for you. If you go back there, they will join you in after the surface. If you just want prayer, maybe for a prisoner, maybe you're the one in some sort of prison today, I, I beg you to take a, a, advantage of this opportunity to make the decision public, to get help, to let us embrace you, to be a body around whatever God is doing in your heart this morning. But let's all make our decisions as we stand and as we sing to him. That concludes the Sunday Sermons podcast. You can respond to the invitation you just heard where you are right now. Don't waste this opportunity to change your life for the better. If you've made a decision or are interested in learning more, please visit us at morrisonhill.com.